It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Okay, now granted, there's 330 million people in the country, maybe a good... 80 to 90 million aren't very bright. No offense to those of you watching who aren't bright, but that's, you know, you're watching MSNBC, so I'm making an assumption that you're, you know what's going on. Oh, oh, gas prices. Oh, oh, price of eggs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, a, if you're a woman, you're going to say, oh yeah, I'm going to just give up. I, I'm going to give up my rights. I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? It's, it's I think like that's they're insulting. voting, no, it's insulting they're voting to the voter. Against, we, they're we, voting no, against no, no. their own self-interest. Do they want to show? live in Gilead? The midterm elections are on Tuesday, and we have a tough decision ahead. On the one hand, our democracy is being threatened by extremists who want power at all costs, even if it means burning us to the ground. On the other hand, gas is $4 a gallon now, so... Are you concerned that maybe voters are not putting those pieces together, that having a Republican House would mean that the people you're talking about would be even more empowered, that faction would be in power? I don't think people um, are able to really grasp that. But more importantly, I'm not sure they really understand the threats to their way of life. You know, I think there are some people who will just sit back and let it happen, thinking it won't be that bad. And that, to me, is almost well, more dangerous than the radicals. It certainly sounds very familiar to what happened in Germany, which is a bunch of citizens. Adolf Hitler gets a third of the vote. Nobody thought it could happen there. They kind of went along because they said he was going to solve the economy and fix inflation. Yeah, uh, you can, that's right. You can hear those sorts of things. And then, oh, lo and behold, a few years later, they lost their democracy. And they're all like, how did that happen here? Okay, so good morning. Uh, that's what, you know, your friends and neighbors are hearing about all of you dumb people who just can't quite understand. If only you would watch MSNBC, you would be fully informed. You would know, and you would know who to vote for. Maybe people like, well, Gretchen Whitmer, who made her closing statement in Michigan, and it's pretty interesting. She was referring to a bipartisan tax cut that she said would help reduce the economic burden of something. Let's listen, because this is for you really bright people who watch MSNBC. You'll know all about this. Closing remarks from a candidate that I'm sure that Michael Moore and the rest of those in that list would be encouraging you to vote for. Let's listen. Gretchen Whitmer. Bipartisan tax cut will help reduce the economic burden of the cost of menstrual products, especially for lower-income Michiganders. Saving people with a period from paying taxes on up to $4,800 in spending over the course of their lifetime. Saving people with a period from paying taxes on up to $4,800 in spending over the course of a lifetime for menstrual products. That's um, brilliant. I mean, really, 
you can see why people listen to MSNBC because, you know, that's where they get, you know, that's where their IQ goes up 10 points exponentially. All right. I'll stop the sarcasm, but isn't that disgusting? <clears throat> there, I mean, it's just, it is like, it is uh, upside down, as we've said many times before. But let me go on to rather observations, snarky observations with some things to watch. Uh, in uh, Michigan, of course, the bad news was that the um, the Secretary of State is not being held to account. Jocelyn, Jocelyn Benson, she's not being held to account for changing rules for uh, poll workers and also for not refusing to uh, cleanse her voter list of dead voters. <clears throat> she didn't have time, and the Supreme Court, a local judge, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not sure what his ranking is, uh, but he had told her she had to do that because it was the law. Uh, she refused. She said she didn't have time. She appealed to the Supreme Court, and they agreed. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I guess I haven't talked enough this morning yet. They agreed. Uh, almost like a, a vote, however many they are, they were only two people that descended on the court. So Jocelyn uh, Benson can do whatever she wants on the election today. By the way, did you know today is election day? I forgot to mention that part. This is election day, and oh, how I wish, oh, how I miss it when we all voted on the same day and that there was an excitement and it was something we all did together, and I think we need to go back to that, by the way. But today is election day, and if you haven't voted, uh, for sure, get your vote in today. My husband and I will be doing that and enjoying it very, very much. But in Michigan, uh, they've got an uphill battle because they have uh, uh, Jocelyn Benson, the lawless Secretary of State, who is overseeing their elections while she's um, running herself for governor. It's it's really egregious. I don't even know how how in the world this could have happened, but it did. So to counter that, so many Michiganders have gotten so involved rolling up their sleeves uh, and the and turnout is critical in Michigan. And by the way, from Pat Kolbeck, former Michigan Senator, Operation Overwatch is fully active in support of the 2022 election. Poll challengers, poll watchers, poll inspectors, election officials, lawyers, and law enforcement have all been deployed to help ensure that the 2022 election is conducted in a lawful manner. Now, he's speaking of Michigan specifically right now. Suspicious activities regarding ballot trafficking have already been documented and will be shared with law enforcement. Illegal processing of ballots at pre-processing centers is being monitored and anomalies are being documented. Illegal get-out-the-vote techniques have also been documented and goes on and on. And so uh, be aware that that's happening. It's happening all over the country, actually, under other election integrity efforts. Um, then out in Arizona, something really ha- curious happened. You know, they keep saying that the Republicans are violent, you know, and dangerous, and want us all dead. Aren't we Nazis? Isn't that what they said in that uh, montage? We're not. It's like Nazi Germany. We're just all, I don't know, uh, high stepping to something or someone. I'm not sure right right now. I actually think we're high stepping to the Constitution and the foundings of our country. But Carrie Lake out in. Uh, or Arizona had a misfortune, and there's more to it than even you're going to hear in this clip. Here's Carrie telling the story, clip 21. Well, the truth is that we uh, had delivered at our office a couple of envelopes um, that had white powder in them. One of them, our employee, our staffer, opened up and immediately realized there was a problem with it. 
threw it in the garbage can and then another staffer grabbed it from the garbage can and then all of a sudden we had several people exposed to it. The police showed up, the bomb squad showed up, firefighters and the FBI and they took the envelopes. There were a couple of them at minimum, maybe more, and we were told they took them for testing. Now this is the first time hearing that maybe they haven't, so maybe you know more about it than I do. I've been busy campaigning and we've just been monitoring our um, staffers' health and so far so good, but we are counting on the FBI to test that and let us know if we should be concerned about any danger. Apparently, the contents of the letter were uh, incredibly, um, you know, vulgar and and threatening. And so we we take it as a, a legitimate threat. But we're just happy that so far our staffers are okay. I have not wanted to get much coverage out of this because, let's face it, I really would rather this be investigated and we find out who did it and catch the culprits. Right. But the real story is, I'll be honest. This is minor compared to what I'm going to go up against when I win this race. We are going to secure the border and take down the cartels at the border. I don't think letters, threatening letters, are going to be the worst of it. I think there's much more coming, and we're ready for it. We will not be intimidated, Tucker. We've got big issues facing us. We have a border with narco-terrorists in control. And while I'm upset that these letters were sent, and I'm monitoring and care deeply about my staff, I know that there will be more threats to come, and we will Stare them down because we will secure Arizona. All right. And Jack Posobiec is reporting now in Arizona that carries offices. Oh, by the way, what you missed last night before she started speaking, Carrie Lake, she was talking to Tucker Carlson. Tucker mentioned that the FBI had still not tested the substance. Now, Bruce tells me they should have, they could have tested it instantly. So why haven't they tested the substance if that's true? And the second thing is Jack Posobiec says now they have completely shut down her office and they're saying they may not be even, even to op- able to open it until the, the new year, until 2023. Can you imagine? She didn't say a word about that. Can you imagine how hamstrung that would make a campaign to shut them down completely? That is just unbelievable, disgraceful, more malfeasance from the FBI if all of that is in fact true. And I believe it is because I, I believe it is. Uh, and then in New York, uh, speaking of um, out, you know, uh, violence, um, Kathy Hochul was having a, a, a Hochul was having an, a rally with um, four LGBT voters with Bravo host Andy Cohen, and a female uh, showed up, a black woman with a sign, protesting. I don't know, even know what her sign said, but she was not a Hochul supporter; she was a Zeldin supporter. And you can see in the video that a very large white guy with a plaid shirt and shorts on puts his hands around her neck to choke her. Meanwhile, others steal her sign and surround her. Uh, It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, So I'm just saying, really? You'd think this would be headlines, but no, 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 because it's Democrats, and so that's okay. But it's uh, it's the uh, Republicans who are wanting to, you know, uh, do away with democracy and, of course, uh, you know, encourage violence. Um, all right. Well, you know I have a lot to say, and we're going to say a lot more. Uh, Ken Cuccinelli will join me in just a few minutes, and we'll talk about a lot more things on the election. And, uh, by the way, there will be coverage tonight at AF, uh, AFR.net. There will be coverage. You guys get the right uh, link for me. But there will be coverage uh, tonight on our uh, web space, and uh, Tim and Walker Wildman and Fred Jackson, I'll be joining them as well 
And so you might want to listen to the coverage tonight from AFR, from American Family Association. Um, you, If you listened to me um, yesterday, you know that I told you what I'm going to tell you again today because I want make, to make sure that all of, all of our listeners get this message and don't just turn in the dial some morning and I'm gone because I will be gone after Friday. I will not be doing this morning's show I'm because I'm moving on to a different show. I'm moving on to something called Sandy Rios 24-7. Now, I'm going to take a hiatus. It, won't no, it will not begin until January the 9th, and therein lies the challenge because how are you going to remember that and how are you going to find me? Well, you can do that by... And just go to AFR.net. They will be keeping you updated on where and when and how, uh, more specifically. Uh, and also, uh, they, we will be running spots if you keep listening to the show. And in my absence, uh, my good friend Jay Christian Adams and my good friend Fred Jackson, who's our news director, will be hosting the show until the new host uh, comes. So it will be familiar to you. It won't sound so strange. Those guys are wonderful, and I'm so grateful that they're going to be uh, hosting uh, this morning spot. I'm not, yeah. So that's that's going to happen, I guess, starting next Monday. Uh, and then there will be a new host. Tim Wildman will be joining me tomorrow to announce the name. Uh, you're going to be excited. It's a re- it's a great choice. And so this is uh, God willing going to be seamless. I'm going to remain the director of governmental affairs for the American Family Association. So I'm not going anywhere. You'll hear my voice in all day parts. And you can always, when we say Sandy Rios 24-7, that means I'll be on a podcast that you can access anytime. Now, let me just uh, also add that um, if if all else else fails, I have a website that we are resurrecting, sandyrios.com, sandyrios.com. If you go there now, you'll get a kick out of it because it's old stuff, but it's kind of fun, old television appearances and stuff like that. But it will be updated, and that will be where you can go for sure and find out where I'm going to be, what I'm doing about the about the podcast as well. Um, also, let's see, what else, what else? Um, oh, so... Just the practical thing, if you have a smartphone and you don't know how to do this, ask someone, but download the app AFR, AFR. It's a, it's a great little app. It looks like our logo. It is our logo, and you put it on your smartphone, and when you click on that, you can find the podcast and any of AFR's shows, American Family Radio shows. You can listen anywhere in the world at any time. It's just wonderful. I think it's the future of radio. You could also, if you want to listen on your computer, if you still like to do that, go to AFR.net. Okay, so uh, that's a lot of information in a short time, but we will talk about it at greater length tomorrow with Tim, and then I'll be chatting about it. And Friday, we're going to open the phone lines so that you and I can talk, okay? All right, well, uh, stay tuned, because next coming up is Ken Cuccinelli. More on the election today, 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 when we return. Sandy Reels in the morning on AFR Talk. Paul writes, when one part of the body suffers, we suffer together. This is Bible League International, and the persecuted church around the world is paying a heavy price simply for following the Lord Jesus Christ. Warlocks burned down the home and shanty church that Emilio pastors in Chiapas, Mexico, near the border of Guatemala. And these male witches, they surrounded the homes of church members so they couldn't leave for two weeks. All of this because Christians oppose their pagan worship, but they lovingly share the gospel with those who persecute them. Listen, hundreds have come to Christ, and when I ask these heroes of the faith, how can 
we pray for you? They never say pray for an end to our suffering because they know God's working through it. What they pray for is that new believers will be able to endure and persevere under tremendous hardship. And you can do that when you can open your own Bible and be reminded of God's precious promises. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10, $500 sends 100. Please, in this season of giving, pray about it and then call 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give it sendbiblesnow.org. SendBiblesNow.org. The following is not an actor, but a real life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. There were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. A Virginia lawmaker floated a trial balloon the other day that stunned parents. Delegate Elizabeth Guzman wants to reintroduce legislation that would charge parents with a felony if they did not affirm their child's sexual orientation or gender identity. Guzman is a social worker in real life. She said her legislation is more about educating parents and telling them that you can't abuse your kids because they're gay. Even her fellow Democrats pushed back on that one, saying the legislation would be dead on arrival. Governor Glenn Youngkin said children belong to their parents, not the Commonwealth of Virginia. I wrote a book warning Americans the day was fast approaching when people would be thrown in jail for refusing to bend a knee to the LGBT agenda. My fellow conservatives laughed at such a notion. Well, they're not laughing now. Now, taken to the extreme, a parent could actually be arrested for refusing to acknowledge their child as a dinosaur or a Shetland pony. I'm Todd Stearns. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. This is one of the greatest acts on the part of Mitch McConnell of both political cowardice and political stupidity merged together. This was a rare moment in which the moral course and the expedient course aligned perfectly. What do I mean by that? Morality, conscience, humanity demand that Republicans force the issue of border security on the CR, put forward an amendment saying not one dollar of this CR, of this funding bill, can be used to resettle any more illegal aliens in the U.S. That's what morality demands. But what about just political expediency, common sense, good strategy? We are days out from a midterm. 
they could have used this as a clarifying moment, indeed the only clarifying moment in two years, to say who are the good guys and who are the evildoers in the Senate? Who's fighting for you and your family and who's fighting for the cartels and open borders and the drug dealers poisoning our children? Forcing that vote, yes, even if it means coming to the brink of or even in a government shutdown, would mean every news station in the country would be forced for once to cover the travesty on our border. And here's the last thing I would say about what they should have done, what they could have done, is if they didn't get there, if they didn't get border security done, then here's what you do. You say there's only one way out, Democrats. Pass a CR to the 1st of February, and we will have a national referendum. And if you elect a Republican House and you elect a Republican Senate, we will pass it into law on February 1st, sealing up the border on the budget bill. A Brexit-style referendum for America's sovereignty. They could have done it, and they would have won a landslide not seen in 100 years. But instead, they just made the trains run on time. All right, that was Stephen, impassioned Stephen Miller, who was a advisor to President Trump. We go back a long way with him. And he's talking about the malfeasance of Mitch McConnell. And that, that's a big story. It's not uh, about the election, but let me just briefly mention this before Ken joins me here. Uh, last week, or this past weekend, Rick Scott, Senator Rick Scott from Florida, did not rule out the possibility of replacing Mitch McConnell. He didn't say he was going to. He just didn't rule out the possibility. Uh, Josh Hawley, just yesterday, I believe, announced that he is not going to support uh, Mitch McConnell. President Trump said this guy does not deserve to continue to be leader and hopefully somebody's going to challenge him. But I'll tell you, if I run and if I win, he will not be leader. Blake Masters has said he will not He will not own me. Eric Schmidt reaffirms he will not support McConnell. A bulldog from New Hampshire, bulldog from New Hampshire said that he won't support McConnell and J.D. Vance will not commit to supporting McConnell. So uh, that's a huge news story that we don't have time to flesh out too much today, but uh, it's it's a big it's a big story. All right, so today's election day, and I can't think of anyone I would rather talk to than Ken Cuccinelli. He's the chairman of the Election Transparency, Transparency Initiative. Uh, swinging away uh, all the time at something to save America is Ken Cuccinelli, who joins me this morning. Ken, thanks for joining me. Good morning. Always good to be with you, Sandy. Now, you wouldn't want to comment on the McConnell report, would you? (laughs) Uh, Well, how about you take that as your your comment? All right. Um, (laughs) All right. You know, I I have never been, um, uh, had anything really nice to say about Republican legislative leadership. And even, look, let's pick somebody who people think of as one of our own, Steve Scalise. Since Steve Scalise entered the leadership, he has never voted with conservatives. So Steve Scalise goes home and says, I'm a conservative, and then goes to Washington and and has sold his voter card to the establishment leadership. So, you know, pick pick somebody friendly like that. He was he was Tony, uh, Tony's seatmate in the Louisiana legislature. Those two go way back. You know, Tony will tell you how conservative he is or was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, Tony Perkins. I'm yep. being a little too casual here, but um, uh, but that that's you know that it seems to be part of the process there. That needs to be broken. And the one of the things you're seeing on the McConnell comments is simply the fact that the caucus is getting more conservative. You've swapped out Burr, you're going to get Bud in North Carolina. Portman is gone. J.D. Vance is a bit of a question mark, but Portman wasn't, frankly. 
Blunt, who was in leadership, um, had really been quite soft. You get Eric Schmidt in his place. Um, it, the real granddaddy of them all, grandmommy of them all, would be if Shabaka beat out Murkowski in Alaska. That would be spectacular. So, and you you heard the comments on Blake Masters. Um, there is a, a, a very real um, new critical mass of senators who would be willing to break with Mitch McConnell and the existing leadership. Because, look, John Cornyn hasn't been great. John oh. Thune, the only good thing John Thune ever did was beat Tom Daschle. And then he just went south when he went That's into the, the leadership, just like Absolutely. Steve Scalise. So we got to stay know, on these folks. I should explain, uh, Ken, that you were, you had, I guess, founded the Senate Conservatives Fund, which elected a lot of those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and, right. And we've, so Mitch we've McConnell had, has more than the usual reason to dislike me. Yeah, yes, he does. And me too. I've taken his chief of staff to test so many times in private meetings. I'm on their blacklist too, uh, for a good purpose, though. I mean, because he, look, uh, McConnell refused to fund great candidates this cycle. In fact, in Alaska, I just yep. mentioned you mentioned that. Lisa Murkowski, who president, uh, president uh, Mitch McConnell has helped, has raised $10.8 million. Kelly Shabaka, who was the choice, uh, has raised $4.9 million, $4.9 million just by contrast. Yeah, and people so. should understand, that is not – Mitch McConnell, I think, has put $9 million into that race. And it isn't because he's trying to preserve a Republican seat. He's fighting off a conservative Republican to keep a liberal – the most liberal – vigorously liberal Republican Lisa Murkowski in the Senate. Yeah. All right. So so uh, the practical application for those of you listening is when someone finally does get elected uh, that you choose, you hold their feet to the fire on this because as the leadership goes, so goes the Senate. And I find them the most egregious body, more egregious than the House because they're just out of touch. But anyway, all right, Ken Cuccinelli, today is the election. <laughs> so Amen. what is your assessment of where we are with the whole issue of election integrity? You and I have lots of friends, including who have been working like crazy, and people across the country have been working like crazy. What is yeah, your assessment you of where we are? you have talked to a lot of them, I know, because we talk about coming on your show, and the the reality is, that um, we are far better off than we were two years ago. There's not a consistency to that. It's a very state-by-state achievement. Um, But I will say, in 2021, we fought off a complete federal takeover of elections, and that would have been a disaster. That would have made every every bad practice nationwide. Um, and, um, And we succeeded in fighting that off barely. Now, if the Democrats were to pick up two Senate seats, they'll get rid of the filibuster and they'll pass it. Um, So it's very important that we win the Senate. And so, you know, as much as we complain about especially Senate leadership, it's because of its um, unique role confirming judges and officials and so forth. It really is so important to have it in Republican hands. But with somebody like Elisa Murkowski, 51 seats doesn't cut it for us. Um, and, um, you know, but, but that, that's a big deal that's going to happen tomorrow. Um, and election security is going to help make it happen. Ken, let me just jump in and make something clear. Uh, cause you just alluded to it and you, you are where I am. We're not talking about a partisan view of this. Uh, we are talking about people who love the country, love the constitution and want to be faithful to it and fight for what's right in this country on moral values, on law, on spending everything. So, 
when we rail against Mitch McConnell and others, uh, we're, this is not partisan. And when we rail against the Democrats, it's not because they're Democrats. It's because of their policies. All That's right, so, a great point. All right. So um, as people go to the polls today, I've got a million issues to bring up to you. But let me ask you this. As people go to the polls today, which they are probably listening, driving as they're t- uh, driving there as they're listening to us, what should they watch for? So uh, the polls are the safest, most secure place to vote. <laughs> Personal in-person voting is the most secure, the most transparent. Um, there are things you can't see, like that the election officials should be more or less divided between the parties. Um, And we still have to fight over this, even with state laws, including right here where I live in Virginia. We had to go to court to get the second largest county to obey that law, not, you know, just to obey the law. This fight is going on in Maricopa County, a Republican county. Um, But that's not something you can really see. I will say part of the reason we're so much better off than two years ago, and you know very well, Sandy, I'm not a big fan of the Republican National Committee, but on this, they've scored well. Um, Ronna McDaniel stood up full time, year round, all four years, uh, an election integrity unit, lawyers, et cetera, who go around the country and sue, which is what the left has been doing for 20 years. And they sue, unlike the left, to make states obey their laws. And um, and they're winning all over the place. And that is powerfully helpful. Um, and this is the kind of thing that's that's going on. But what people will see is you'll also see folks standing behind the people you check in with. Those are poll watchers. And you won't be able to see whether they're Republican or Democrat or, or independent, depends on the state's rules. But those folks are there to be able to watch everything and make sure the laws are followed. That's an important part of transparency and accountability. And we're called the Election Transparency Initiative for a reason. We believe that end-to-end transparency gives confidence in the outcome. If the citizens can see everything except the voters marking their ballots, then we're going to have a lot more confidence in the outcome. And in-person voting, which I'm going to do today also, um, is Me the most secure way to vote. We need less mail-in voting. We need less early voting. And, um, you know, it, it sounds and feels convenient to people, which Americans love convenience, but it is much less secure and it is harder to oversee. Ken, before I jump into the next set of questions, let me ask you, if, if I, uh, can you stay with me another segment or do you need to I go? I can't. No, I have an 840. Okay. Well, tell them. I'm doing interviews uh, back to back today. (laughs) All right. Well, then then I'm going to jump to some other things. Let me ask you this. Um, The Justice Department has announced, I think they announced this yesterday, they're going to monitor polls in 24 states for compliance with federal voting laws, and they're sending out staffers, and it sounds like not necessarily officials. I just, your thoughts about the implications of that, is that business as usual, or is that a red flag? Uh, it is business as usual. Where they send them typically is um, politically driven. Um, they have announced that they're coming to Prince William County, that same county I just mentioned to you in Virginia. Now, also what happens, Florida has told them you will not be welcome in our um, polling places. At the same time, you should know that uh, Rodney Davis, the ranking Republican on the House uh, Administration Committee, 
is also sending out trained Republican House staffers to be observers inside polling places and um, and in counting rooms and so forth. So uh, the legislature's doing this, DOJ is doing it, um, and they all have a role, and observation can be helpful to them um, if it were sincerely done. And, um, you know, Rodney Davis has been advancing election education from his congressional position for two years now. So this really uh, fits in there. But with the behavior of the FBI and the DOJ being so politicized, it's hard not to believe this isn't as well. Yep. Okay, we have to talk about Pennsylvania because there have been lots of suit, like the courts have made some decisions on the absentee ballots, and now Fetterman's yep. campaign is uh, suing back uh, against storing out undated absentee ballots. Speak to that, please. Yeah, so this is an unsecure element. If you do have an undated ballot, um, campaigns could theoretically round up votes after the election and get them shoved into um, uh, post offices. And if they come back undated, get them counted with votes after Election Day. And Fetterman wants that to happen. Um, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is one of the most political in the country, left, left wing, um, yet they ruled correctly on their most recent case where they blocked on a 3-3 vote counting unmarked absentee ballots that arrive after Election Day. The reason they did that is twofold, I believe. One, they would have put themselves in conflict with the U.S. Supreme Court, and they really don't want to fight that out. And two, um, the underlying law passed by Republicans, unfortunately, um, that dramatically opened up early in mailing voting, um, has a provision called a non-severability clause, which means the whole law falls if any part of it is found to be illegal or unconstitutional. And they don't want to have to take up the whole law because they don't want to have to um, knock the whole thing down. So very is a tactical retreat, if you will. I guess I should say a strategic retreat by the court. Very rare, correct decision by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. We have one minute left, and I, this happened in Virginia yesterday. I got this in my inbox. A woman went to vote. They told her she had already voted, and now she, you know, she's furious. She has a hearing Wednesday at the Electoral Board. Somebody suggested it was a mule that voted for her. What should people do if this happens to them? Yeah, those hearings are, are to fight out these questions of provisional votes. You should get your vote, and you should show up and defend your vote, um, and, uh, and that's the way to get it. The problem is that doesn't undo whoever tried to use your name and did use your name because you can't pull a ballot out of the box. Um, you know, that is a sure sign cheating is taking place. And so, but the thing to do is what she's doing. You show up at those provisional ballot fights the next day, and you've got to go, and there's a little hearing, and you make your case. Okay. And a little board will decide that. All right. So I okay. hope everybody listening will do that. Yeah, everybody fight back. If that happens to you, you challenge it. Don't just go home and say, well, they told me. Uh, yeah. Ken Cuccinelli, chairman of the Election Transparency Initiative. Ken, you are my last official guest on this show because I'm leaving Friday. You'll, we'll talk about that later. Thanks for joining me, Sandy Rios, in the morning. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? 
Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at OneMillionMoms.com. That's OneMillionMoms.com. And thanks. This is Frank Gaffney, host of Securing America, a program dedicated to protecting the country we love against all enemies, foreign and domestic, to the glory of God and His kingdom. Each weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, we provide insights and recommendations about the most important challenges facing our nation from her most thoughtful experts and patriots. Join me to learn how you can help in securing America right here at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One word has proven to be debilitating in our society, the D word, discrimination. What we fail to realize is discrimination is not automatically a dirty concept. We discriminate against thieves and murderers when we send them to prison. We discriminate against sexual predators by keeping them away from children. And yes, we rightly discriminate against men when we keep them out of women's restrooms. According to Psalm 1, we have to discriminate against the counsel of the wicked in order to be blessed. Good thing God isn't debilitated by the D word. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Grocery bills, gasoline, health care. Our cost of living were already through the roof. Then my husband lost his job. If we were going to have health care, we had to find a better option. A friend at church told us about MediShare. It's hundreds of thousands of Christians who share each other's medical bills. Since we switched, we're saving $500 a month. We love how well it works and that it's so easy to use. And whenever we call, the customer service is so helpful and supportive. Best of all, we never have to wonder whether our money is being used to pay for things we don't believe in. For our family, MediShare is real peace of mind. Call 833-44-BIBLE to find out how much you can save on your health care. MediShare. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Two weeks ago, I noted that before Joe Biden and his partisans started denouncing those convinced the 2020 presidential race was stolen as election deniers, Democrats warned that it could happen due to problems with insecure election machines. That stunning pivot is now being followed by another one. Democratic politicians who have insisted for the past 24 months that the nation's election machinery was perfectly secure in 2020 have pivoted to saying that it can be manipulated in this election. For example, yesterday, the left's house organ, Politico, reported that, quote, there are real risks that hackers could tunnel into voting equipment and other election infrastructure to try to undermine Tuesday's vote, unquote. Fortunately, American voters are now on to the Democrats' game. Material fraud was possible in 2020. They actually perpetrated it that November. Their attempts to try it again today must not succeed. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. 
Okay, Sandy Rios back with you. I just realized I dropped that in about Ken being my last guest, and some of you might not have been listening, so I need to just explain that I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving AFR Talk. I'm moving to a different position. I will be doing a podcast called Sandy Rios 24-7, and uh, that will not begin until January the 9th. And so in the interim, Christian, my good friend Jay Christian Adams and Fred Jackson will be hosting and there will be a, a brand new host uh, starting, I believe, in January, and we will announce that name tomorrow. Tim Wildman will be joining me and we'll announce it. And then I will interview that person on Thursday, and you can hear them Friday. We will open the phone lines. Meanwhile, if you want to figure out where I'm going, if you just if you can remember this, as the weeks go by here, uh, it's AFR.net. If you go to AFR.net, they'll have all kinds of stuff, and the network, AFR Talk will be running spots to just let you know when I I will be back. And in the interim, uh, sandyrios.com, even though it's uh, an old website right now, it will be updated and that will tell you, uh, you can go there now and have some fun because it's old stuff, but that will tell you where I'm going going to be on on the air and if I do some public appearances and We'll post articles and all kinds of stuff there. Once we get it up and refreshed, it's sandyrios.com. That should be easy to remember, but I'm not leaving. I just need to emphasize that since I just dropped that in so um, so carelessly before I took the break. All right, to, uh, this is Christmas time almost. You know, my mind is turning toward Christmas. I love Christmas. I love Thanksgiving. Man, I this is one of my favorite times of year. But as we get prepared for Christmas... This is our time to help little children around the world learn about Christmas for the very first time. Operation Christmas Child has been doing this for many years where people like you and me go get a shoebox out of our closet or get one somewhere and fill it with toys. Uh, Not a lot because, you know, a shoebox is small, but like uh, toiletry items like toothbrushes, toothpaste, Um, you can choose, you know, maybe select a box for a boy. Maybe you'd want to do one for a girl. You wrap those boxes up, and you go to uh, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC, where you can learn a little bit more about what you can put in the box, maybe more suggestions, and also how to find a drop-off location near you. And just to be clear, Samaritan's Purse makes sure in various ways that these children hear about Jesus and that there is a Savior for the world. It's not just gifts for them. That's what separates humanitarian efforts from Christian ministry. We do humanitarian works in the name of Jesus, and we tell them about the Savior in the process. So that's what we are going to do. Samaritanspurse.org slash O-C-C. Now, um, uh, 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 what am I doing? I I know what I'm doing. You know, I've talked to you earlier uh, last week about Catherine Ingebrecht and Greg Phillips being arrested um, I, I rather than repeat it all, I'm going to let Brian Glicklick kind of lay it out. Well, maybe I shouldn't. I should say this: Catherine and Greg uh, discovered uh, that a Chinese-owned company of uh, election software, which is used all you know in tons of places all over this country, uh, was a gateway really to China. That they were releasing private information, very, very dangerous, and they reported that. Worked with the FBI, and then lo and behold, they were arrested and put in jail. And they were in jail for about a week. Now, my understanding is they're out now, uh, but um, I want you to hear what Brian Glicklick, who was one of their attorneys, uh, said about what happened. Clip 16. Catherine told me yesterday that if if this judge thinks 
that his actions uh, will break her, will weaken her resolve. He has another think coming that she is more committed and more resolved than ever. Um, Greg has told me that uh, he will never stop looking for this kind of illegal and illicit activity and exposing it. And if anything, being imprisoned for staying true to their values uh, and for and for refusing to honor illegal directions has recommitted them to their fight. But prison is a very tough environment. Uh, they don't have access to medications. Um, they are sleeping on metal cots. Um, that it's yeah, as you can imagine, every everything they do, every word they say is recorded, um, and it's uh, you know, and, and it's a difficult environment, and we need to pull together to get them out of this place as soon as possible. The most useful thing to do is if you live in a place. You know what? That I'm going to interrupt that. Uh, a, we don't need we don't need that part. But I just wanted uh, you to hear Brian explain what had happened to them, and the reason I want to play that and remind you is that if we do not come out and vote today, you know, while the Democratic operatives, the press, is telling us that we'll lose democracy, of course, they always accuse their opponents of exactly what they're doing. Do you think it's democracy for Catherine Ingerbeck and Greg Phillips to be jailed because they found and exposed to the FBI a plot uh, by a, a, a election software company owned by the Chinese? They, they they get arrested and put in jail. And by the way, uh, Catherine would say and has said uh, that the FBI feigned working with them, and then the 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 office in D.C. got involved, and that was it. So now they have gone to jail, and that is really honestly, it's not a stretch, is it? If I talk about the J. Six guys still held in the D.C. Gulag. Uh, if I talk about all of you who were visited by the FBI and made to, you know, get on your knees and get arrested and have paid hundreds of thousands of legal fees just because you were seen on a video at the Capitol, uh, it's just, um, we know, we understand, do we not? Our future, some of, some people, most people listening to this show do, but so many of your neighbors and friends don't. So many of our Christian leaders, pastors don't understand. They have no idea. What's at stake? They have no idea that they will be first in line when the persecution starts. And not that we fear, like Catherine, you know, we're going to stand for what's right regardless, aren't we? Aren't we? We're going to stand up for what's right no matter what. And so, um, but nevertheless, if we think that our children will have no future, that they may be taken away from us if we don't affirm their transgender rights, or if we teach them that life is precious, you fill in the blanks. And don't think that's nearly almost, that's happening in the Michigan ballot today, ballot three. That's exactly what it provides for, to remove parental authority from parents on issues of gender identity uh, and uh, um, and also critical race theory, all of that. Do real uh, abortion, minors having abortions, that Michigan uh, Initiative 3, uh, it's whatever it's called, Proposition 3, uh, is going to take away parental rights. We're there, we're there, we're there. We're there. If that doesn't stir the hearts of pastors and Christian leaders, they tell us we're Christian nationalists with such disdain and scorn. May God forgive them for their lack of discernment and their lack of taking a stand for righteousness when they could have. 
when they could have. And so my advice to all of you today is to vote, vote, vote. I would suggest that you tell your friends, tell them, tell your family members, uh, and um, send them to good information, ivoterguide.com. We've been through all of this. The Family Policy Councils in various states, they have go by different names, but it's policy, usually policy council, family council. And so that's a good source of information. And uh, so um, I've just kind of, uh, yesterday I talked to you quite a, quite a bit about that. So <clears throat> I hope that you will be, I know you will. I don't hope. It's every time when we do a share no one has to beg you. You just are generous. You just know. And so I, I know that there's a whole army of you out there who are going to do exactly all of these things and more that I haven't even said because you are ready to fight for what's right and what's wrong. And that doesn't just limit to the moral issues because all truth is God's truth. If you overspend and bankrupt your children so that they can never own a home, never go to college, never own a home, do you think there's a moral component to that? I do. It's not just that. You see, all truth is God's truth. God is in everything. I tell you that all the time. Um, there are not Christian orchestras who play for Christian artists when they record. Some people worry about that's not Christian music. This used to be a discussion years ago. And I always tell them when I recorded, you know, they, they ordered, they, they hired the orchestra regardless, the players, regardless of their religious beliefs. So that song is not more Christian because Christians are playing. Anyway, I'm just telling you, it's not as simple as clear-cut and rudimentary as many Christians would think. And I just think, uh, the Holy Spirit within us gives us discernment. He gives us discernment. Uh, I think of Solomon. I know this is Old Testament, but he asked God to give him wisdom. Give me wisdom. And God did. He became the wisest man in the world. Do you think that God won't give you wisdom if you ask? I think he will. All right, I have a couple of other things, um, and they're kind of off the subject a little bit, but they're things I talked about earlier, and I kind of want to mention them to you. We've talked a great deal about the whole issue in San Francisco with Paul Pelosi and the attack with the hammer. The story continues to change. And um, here's an interesting thing. NBC last week, if you did not hear this, I want you to hear it. Maybe it was over the weekend. They did a report on this, and... uh, Suddenly, it has been removed. You can't find it anywhere. Uh, so, uh, and there's a reason, I think, because, you know, um, it contradicts what the other press is saying and what the district attorney in San Francisco reported and what Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have reported. And here it is. It's clip five. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or try to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. We still don't know exactly what unfolded between Mr. Pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone inside that house before police arrived. All right, so that's NBC. And they were, they, you know, retracted. It's a disappear- it has disappeared uh, from social media, from the NBC website. The contradictions? Well, they told us there was a third person who answered the door because the story was that when police came, Paul Pelosi was being attacked 
by with a hammer by this uh, mentally ill person in his underwear who lives is a homeless guy who has Black Lives Matter posters up, and that somehow he's a Trump supporter or he's a no a MAGA. He's one of the you know one of these crazy QAnon people. That's what they've told us. And of course, he went after uh, Paul Pelosi because he's radicalized by Republicans. Trouble is. Now we see that there was no third person. It was Paul Pelosi himself, according to NBC, who opened the door. So where was the guy in his underwear? Where was the hammer? And where was the break-in? That doesn't sound like a break-in, does it? Does that sound like a break-in? Does it sound like a a hammer was used on Paul Pelosi as soon as the police arrived and they saw it? Does that sound like that? I, I, and also the one thing that was reported early is that the, the police came for a wellness check, uh, not for some robbery. Um, all right, so I'm just saying. And now Nancy Pelosi is saying this will affect it, whether she runs again for speaker. I won't play that clip, but let's just say, you know, speaking of leadership, I think the hints are to me that Nancy's going to step down using this as the reason, and that's fine with me. She needs to step down. All right, we're back to today. Let me just tell you, for those of you in Florida, there's some numbers here that are very interesting uh, as you go to the polls, uh, there have been 4,788,018 voters in Florida already who have pre-voted. There were 1,757,093 Democrats and 2,078,121 uh, Republicans. And what that means, if you can't do the math, I wouldn't be able to. Uh, the Republicans are exceeding the early turnout of Democrats by 321,028 votes. But um, And that's good. I mean, that's good for people that are conservative. That's very good. But the problem is, of course, uh, I'm, I'm with Ken Cuccinelli and many others who say no more mail-in voting. We need to stop that unless you just cannot be... You cannot vote otherwise. You're out of state. You're out of country. You're uh, uh, military. Um, I think, or uh, you're out of. You're on a sabbatical somewhere. Then there should be exceptions made. But as a rule, I really believe we should vote day of. We should enter into the spirit of it. Enjoy it together. And they should count those votes right away. As we understand it now, they're telling us we won't know at least for a week. In Pennsylvania, we won't know at least for a week in Arizona. And you know that's the way, that's when the nonsense uh, uh, sets in. So, so just saying. All right. Well, listen, don't forget tonight to turn into AFR.net elections uh, for election coverage, AFR.net. I'll be there. So will Fred. So will Tim. So will Walker Wildman. All right. Thanks for listening. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.